What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Scurll and you are listening to Behind, no sorry, what was it? Me and my friend Mark, we're gonna stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to Behind the Gorilla. We took a week off last week, but uh, now we're back and we're ready. We are... Harris! we're we're gonna have to like we're gonna have to get the drinks ready some snacks out because we're gonna be here for a while we got (laughs) holy hell do we have a lot of stuff we got to cover this week good lord um you know what screw it it's a good it's a good thing we don't do topics anymore right because we've got we would not well we would not be doing a topic this week anyway we don't have time you know what screw it cm punk's back harris the man the myth the legend it happened. The worst kept secret in wrestling came to fruition. <laughs> CM Punk came back. Harris somehow is still with us. I honestly thought Harris would die if Punk ever came back. And I was really worried about him because I wasn't there to, you know, to help him, you know, resuscitate him after he, you know, had cardiac arrest. When, when it's Punk okay. Came My, out. I just want to interrupt you real quick. My two friends who kind of like got me into wrestling slash were with me when I got into wrestling came up to watch CM Punk debut. So they okay. were there and they, they brought me back. They, okay, they good, zapped good, me. Good, it's good. all good. I'm, I'm yeah. very happy to hear that because I was very worried. <laughs> um, I, too, was watching it with a couple couple guys that I watch wrestling with out here. So that was that was nice. I'm not going to lie. Part of me is a little disappointed because part of me was really kind of hoping it was a big swerve job just because I really thought the fiery crash would be hilarious to watch. Um, but that being said, Punk came back. He was amazing. It was one of the loudest moments in the history of wrestling. Um, d- definitely has to be, definitely has to be probably top ten all-time loudest wrestling moments, at least if not higher than that. And uh, yeah, it was handled beautifully. It's done really well. It was awesome. Came back out, talked, said all the right things, everything you wanted to hear from him, basically. And he's wrestling. MFing Darby Allen at All Out. And with basically that one announcement, they made All Out arguably, which I still will, I still think will arguably be one of the weakest pay per view cards in AEW history. But now they've added CM Punk Wrestling Darby Allen. So obviously that makes up for pretty much everything else right Did off you the see bat. What- so, like, we're good. <laughs> Did you see what Brian Alvarez said on Twitter about the secondary market for All Out? No. He said after Friday night, he said the average price of a ticket to All Out on the secondary market is $993. The average price. And here's the thing, Mark. Here's the thing. If it were in Atlanta, I'd be seriously considering paying that much money to see that happen. I wow. really, really would. Now, wow. I, I'm glad it's not because I won't have to. Like, yeah. <laughs> if I could, if I could just break kayfabe for just a second, one of my good friends, a huge Falcons fan, told me one year the Super Bowl was in Atlanta. Yep. And the Falcons didn't make it, and he's a huge Falcons fan. But after the fact, he said, "You know, 
it's probably a good thing that the Falcons weren't in the Super Bowl when it was in Atlanta because yeah. Harris, I would have sold my phone. I would have sold my car. Like w- whatever I had to sell to get me in that building, I would have done it. And yeah. I would have figured out the rest later. So it's probably for the best. I mean, I kind of did that with uh, with UGA in there um, when they were in the national championship in Atlanta because yeah. uh, I got a student ticket to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and I remember that. You had to do that. And then, then I found out I got a ticket to the national championship game, like before the Rose Bowl. Wow. And so I'm like... Obviously, if Georgia made it, um, you know, you would get a student ticket. But I was like, I didn't want to go to the Rose Bowl because I didn't want to pay to go all the way out there. And hmm. at that hmm. point, because they don't let you know till like a week before the Rose like it was like two weeks before. And so yeah. I'm like, at this point, we've known UJs in the Rose Bowl for like a like a few weeks more than that. And mm-hmm. so there, you know, Georgia travels. And so there was no flights like you could not get a flight. <laughs> to California for less than like a grand. And so I was like, I'm going to be so mad if UJ wins this Rose bowl and are playing in Atlanta in the national championship. And I had a ticket and then can't use it because I didn't go to the Rose bowl. Cause that's the way yeah. they do it with the student tickets. So yeah, I paid like $400 and rode a bus for 57 hours all the way out <laughs> there, there and then back. And it was the worst trip of my entire life. Bar none. But I got to see the Rose Bowl, and then I got to go to the national championship game. So, I was gonna say, my word, what a story! And you met Jr. I did so, meet hey. Jr. at that. Oh, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. I Dude, totally I think did about that a lot because, like, did I think I knew you? But like, were we even doing this at the time? I don't even remember. No, we started like a couple months later. Or uh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, because we started like a month later, like a month and a half That's later so after that. Because that was in January, I, so like, and we started the podcast who you in were, February. And I knew that you did it, but every time, because I was at that game too, but like we mm-hmm. didn't connect at all. No, but we every didn't. time I think of that game, I'm like, oh yeah, Rose Bowl, like greatest game I've ever been to live. Right. Yep, in Hollywood, it was all amazing. Yep. And also, Mark met Jr. Because Jr. is a huge Oklahoma. <laughs> yep, I did out in the parking lot. Uh, we were walking to the stadium, time. just looked over, and I was like, that's. That's that's Jr. Yep, went right over there. <laughs> I bet there's not like a ton of people that recognize him at college football. There wasn't like, a I'm group. Sure there are. Like there, I oh, think were he, there? it was with what? No, no, there wasn't. Like it was like him and like the, he was there with like three or four other people, and it was yeah. just them. Like there was no crowd around him or you know people or anything. So. Yeah, that oh, was, I completely crazy. forget. I always forget about that. I don't know why, <laughs> but I forget about that all the time. And I was like, oh, right. I did that, That's too. Funny. So but anyway, CM Punk came back. Anyway, he's going to be at All Out. <laughs> right. And he's wrestling Darby Allen, which is just perfect. And yes, 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 yes. Million times. So yes. We'll, we'll, we can. We can talk about like we're going to talk about Dynamite and Mark's problems with the rest yes. of AEW. And we're we will. Talk about we'll get to that a eventually. Bit, but. Let's just start with the thing that everybody cares about and everybody is talking about going into this week. Mark, yep. this was this was perfect. This was yes. genuinely I don't know. Like it's it sounds like hyperbole when I say it. I can't find the right words, but this was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in my seven years as a pro wrestling fan. Like you mm-hmm. got I, I said this on Twitter if y'all follow us or you follow me. You saw this, but like I became a wrestling fan. 
in the spring of 2014, like in Daniel Bryan's run to WrestleMania. And like, I, maybe I saw like a few one-off matches before that. Cause like the whole reason I discovered professional wrestling is because my roommate, a good friend of mine in college found raw one night when we were channel surfing was like, Oh shoot, I haven't watched this show in years. And we just started watching it. So like may- maybe I saw a CM Punk match or a CM Punk segment before, Mm-hmm. But I have no waking memory of it ever. My, yeah. my first waking memory of CM Punk is watching Raw for Daniel Bryan specifically because that was the only thing I knew and hearing people chant CM Punk and be like, wait, who is like who is that and why are they cheering for him? And my friend who was a little bit more into it at the time said, oh, well, he like he left. He hasn't been back since the Royal Rumble and they like him. Mm hmm. And I was talking to the same friend and I was like, you know, it's so like, you know, this might have been another week or two later. But I was like, I, it's so interesting that like, I, I don't know. I always thought of wrestling's like, oh, it's fake. It's dumb. But they're taking Daniel Bryan's real life story and they're working it into a fictional wrestling story. Like he's too small. He's not marketable enough. He's not cool enough. He's not like John Cena. And I didn't know pro wrestling could do that. And that's so interesting. Again, I've been watching wrestling for like two months at this point, maybe mm-hmm. less. Yeah. And my buddy said, okay, well, if you think that's cool, you need to watch this. And he showed me the pipe bomb. And to this day, like I've said this before on this show, if you've been listening long enough, God bless you. You'll have heard me say this before, but like Daniel Bryan taught me that wrestling could be fun. And like that main event of WrestleMania 30 is what sealed it for me. I was like, I, this is unlike anything else I've seen. And I love this art. I love this medium of storytelling. This is, this is fun. But CM Punk taught me that wrestling can be art. And that storyline, the the pipe bomb, the feud with John Cena, the match, you know that's my favorite wrestling moment of all time, my favorite wrestling match of all time. To this day, that's that's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And until this week, I have never in my waking life gotten to see CM Punk walk out on stage and step into a wrestling ring live and in real time. Mm -hmm. And it was... It was genuinely like I couldn't believe it was really happening. My friends laughed at me a little bit because when his music hit, and so both of those friends, by the way, like my roommate freshman year, Austin, and my other best friend, Jake, who showed me that video and was getting into wrestling as I was getting into wrestling, both came up to watch that happen. And it was this really cool moment where you see like how far we've come in seven years, but also that we like he, he brought us, you know. He, he brought us that sense of joy again, and it was so cool. But Cult of Personality hits to open the show. The crowd is losing their minds. And I literally said out loud, but who is it? Because I was afraid that they wouldn't let us have this, that it was going to be MJF, that it was going to be whoever. And they kind of laughed at me a little bit because, of course, it's CM Punk. Look at him. There he is. Like, it cuts right to him. Yeah. And it was it was genuinely emotional and genuinely surreal in a way that really like not many things in life are forget pro wrestling. It, it gave me chills. I was genuinely emotional. And I sent you this picture of a guy's reaction on Twitter that there was a guy whose wife, while they were watching the show, took a picture of him when he wasn't looking. And it's just this sense of childlike wonder. I mean, legitimately that we ever, got to see this happen because I like I would joke about it but I haven't really expected him to come back for years 
I mean, I think everybody kind of gave up on it. Like the joke I saw on Twitter earlier in the day was like CM Punk is wrestling's ex-girlfriend. But this time we're really going to try, you know, we're going to make it work. But like, I think so many people had given up on this ever happening. And not only did it happen, but they didn't, they, they didn't get too cute with it. They didn't overthink it. They didn't try to subvert our expectations or do anything edgy. They just saw exactly what they had and they gave us exactly what we wanted. And CM Punk, like, I, look, maybe he tears his ACL, like the first lockup with Darby Allen. Who knows? But like the man has not lost even a ghost of a step in the in the ring on the mic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, like you said, he said exactly what needed to be said. And I'm sure he had some ideas, but like. I believe that a lot of that was just loose because he is that good at what he does. And it it was like he never left. Yeah, it it was perfect. And there were so many little moments that different people pointed out. But, you know, like there's a couple that I'll harp on as we as we go through this episode and talk about other stuff that's going on. But the fact that he opens by putting over Britt Baker is just the most like he didn't have to do that. But the first thing he does in this company after seven years away is put over somebody else Mm -hmm. like immediately. And if you don't like if you don't watch AEW, like one of my friends, he went to double or nothing with me. So he kind of knows who she is. But there are definitely people who tuned into that show who do not know who Britt Baker is, who said, wait, why does why is Britt Baker popular in Pittsburgh? And then looks up like the previous episode of Dynamite and figures it out. Like that's a thing that happened. I guarantee you. And yeah. Everything he said, every note he struck, like all of it was perfect. And you kept like it's so rare in wrestling for a segment like that, like to go off and without a hitch and without anybody being interrupted, without some crazy thing happening, like trying to elevate the moment. And they didn't try to do that because they knew what they had. And what they had is one of the greatest moments in professional wrestling history. And I'm being completely serious when I say that it is it's funny as a guy who grew up like it, you know, not grew up, grew as a wrestling fan watching WWE programming in 2014 and seeing like all of wrestling history through this WWE lens. So you see moments like WCW bringing in Lex Luger for the first episode of Nitro or whatever. But it's still through this WWE lens of like, yeah, but, you know, eventually the company sucked and went out of business. It is wild seeing a moment like that and arguably bigger than that happen for real in real time completely outside of the WWE with nothing to do with them whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful. It was, it was beautiful. And we can continue to talk about this for an hour and probably will, but my word, it was just, it was perfect. It was perfect. The only thing that could have made this weekend more perfect was if they had actually sold that Larry jacket on pro wrestling teams, <laughs> which they do not waste of an opportunity. Mm. I would have paid money for that, but again, probably for the best considering I should not be spending as much money on stupid stuff. Right. <sighs> All right. And yeah, then he, now he's going to fight Darby Allen. That's awesome. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, it's perfect. Um, Here's the thing. I, I like Darby Allen. I've never had a problem with Darby Allen. But I like Darby Allen more because Darby is one of a handful of people who clearly made CM Punk say, "Okay, yeah, no, you know what? I have the itch again. Let's go. (laughs) So, yeah, Darby Allen, my man, let's do this. Yeah. um, Yes. 
Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm a huge Darby Allen Mark and have been pretty much since the beginning with his match with Cody at F- Fighter Fest, I think it was like two years ago or three years three years ago, whenever it was, and um, yeah, so no, that's that's perfect. That's that's the opponent I would have like if you would if we didn't really talk about it, but like if we had talked about who Punk was gonna wrestle for, like that is probably who I would have. Like who I would have said, um, because it's just too perfect of it's just too perfect of a matchup with those two. Like they're so, mm-hmm. it's so weird. Like I feel like I say this all the time with Darby Allen. Like there's so many things where I'm like, oh yeah, he's so similar to this, and I'm like, yeah, but also he's not. Like because he's completely yeah. unique, but also like he does this stuff that's like Jeff Hardy, and he does this stuff that's you know like Sting, and then he does this stuff like CM Punk, and like there's all these things. Where you can, he seems to match up well with all these other types of wrestlers. And Mm -hmm. someone like Punk is perfect. It's perfect for so many reasons. One, because Darby is the perfect. The only thing that's a little weird is the babyface, babyface matchup. That's always a little odd um, to me. But but other than that, it, it just, it matches up perfectly. Because Darby is my size. And... He gets the absolute crap beat out of him in every single match and sells (laughs) like a million bucks for everybody. And so you have CM Punk who hasn't wrestled in seven years. Mm -hmm. And according to Punk, Mm -hmm. hasn't even done anything in the ring lately at all. And now he's going to wrestle in two weeks. And so it's like, okay, interesting. Stephen Amell. So Stephen Amell claims that like they worked a lot when they were practicing for heels. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that CM Punk still got it. But yeah, no, I thought the same thing. I was like, look, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he could get Luchasaurus up for a GTS, but like, I'm pretty sure he can get Darby Allen. Right. No, exactly. Exactly. So you have Darby Allen, a guy he can clearly pick up because he only weighs 170 pounds and he's going to bump like a champ for him because that's just the way Darby wrestles against everybody. He can, he can run the ropes for him. Punk won't even have to move. Really, <laughs> he won't really have to do anything wrestling someone like Darby Allen, and he can look like a he can look like a champ. He can look like he hasn't missed a step. And I'm not even saying maybe he hasn't. You know, I may, maybe he hasn't at all, and he's he's perfectly c- can do everything that he could when he left. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. But even if it's not, you will not be able to tell with him wrestling yeah. someone like Darby Allen. Like it's just it's yeah. just the perfect person to put him against. It's like when uh, you know, it, it's. You know, anyway, it's like when Punk wrestled Undertaker. That's a good, you know, it's that type Mm. of thing. Like, Mm. you know, at WrestleMania, at that point, Undertaker was done. That was the Undertaker's last good match. And Punk just did everything for him, you know, and that's just the way it works. And so it's a perfect matchup with that. Having Sting there just makes it even bigger because Sting always makes everything bigger. I think Sting (laughs) has done an amazing job with his work with Darby because he hasn't done anything. And I give them all the credit in the world to that. Do you know how much ego wrestlers have to have to do what they do? Like, it has to be insane to be <laughs> able... Like, you have to have an ego as a wrestler. I don't think you can make it if you don't. Because of the way... The nature of the business. And Sting... Who's Sting... One of the biggest, most over-wrestlers in history... It's like, yeah, I'm just going to be with this guy. And I'm just going to stand by here and I'm not going to say anything. It's like... it's just incredible and i i give him all the respect in the world and the credit in the world for that but at the same time when he does do something it's then awesome which we're going to talk about when we talk about (laughs) dynamite from last week so 
having then Sting be a part of it, and I'm I'm curious to see if they're going to have anyone there with Punk at all. I would assume not, but yeah, who knows? Who knows what they're going to do with that? Um, I think with the fact that it's a face versus face right. feud, like you don't have to like Punk is not worried. Like, yeah, but what if Sting runs interference? Let me get right. my buddy. Like, it's just. They all trust each other. Sure, and he knows that sure. Sting is not going to mess this up for Darby. But yeah, because that would be – he doesn't need anybody else. The right. line – I don't I, I don't remember this exact part because I remember that like the entrance in the first part of the speech more than the second half. But I think he literally said like there is nothing more dangerous than wrestling, wrestling CM, Punk. CM Punk in Chicago. And yep. you're like, yeah, no, I get that. Mm-hmm. as somebody whose favorite match of all time is is you know john cena walking into that sea of proverbial sharks yeah. i mean but it's gonna be thermonuclear it's the gonna other, be insane but the other great part about it is darby allen is not even arguably he is one of the top three most over wrestlers in the whole company as far as a baby face go by far and so you have a guy who is not gonna be diminished wrestling CM Punk as far as like being a baby face like Darby is still going to be cheered even wrestling Punk he's I highly doubt he's gonna really get booed maybe like if he wins or something you might get a boo but because even in that moment when he announced the match like people started chanting Darby Allen like they didn't just cheer a Darby Allen chant happened while Punk came back in Chicago for the first time in seven years a Darby Allen chant happened. That blew my mind. And once I heard that, I was like, oh man, he's going to be fine. Like that, this is going to yeah. be, that's going to be great. Like the crowd's not going to turn on him like they would 90% of anyone he would wrestle, especially in Chicago. <laughs> you know, like like the Red Velvet <laughs> Britt Baker thing where Red Velvet's mm. a straight up baby face and Britt Baker is a straight up heel. And nope, she was the heel in that match. You know, that type of yep. thing. That's not going to yep. happen with Darby Allen. I mean, the Agreed. cheers will be Agreed. primarily punk, sure, but he's not going to get booed. And so, and with that also, and let's like, that's just perfect booking, perfect matchup. It's the perfect dynamic of a match. It, it's just, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Can't yeah. wait. Okay. Can't wait. I have, w- I have one question and then I want to talk about like the aftermath of this just real quick. And then we can get into the other stuff that happened this week. Cause we will spend two hours on this and I, that's fine. I want to. I want to do something else with my Sunday evening. No offense to you and all these lovely <laughs> listeners, but let's keep it moving. So number one, I thought of this kind of offhand, but you talking reminded me, who's the worst person they could have paired him up with? Like you're inclined to think QT Marshall, but like it would be fun if he just came out and killed QT Marshall and everybody just lost their minds. But like uh, someone on that level, I'm trying to think of the worst okay, person. Okay, what do you – well, because there's Not in terms of, of like booking, right? Not in terms of like booking necessarily, but just like – the most underwhelming or least interesting person. Okay, so that's that what you mean by like by underwhelming. Oh, geez, I don't know. Like you know, like you could say, oh, he comes out and like Christian I don't know, fights. Yeah, which we're yeah, going to talk about answer. later. That's a good answer. As far answer. as underwhelming like, if he goes, came out, someone like that. If he were to come Big out show, and like fight Miro, where you're like, oh, why is he going to beat Miro or right. lose to Miro? Yeah, that's that stupid. Weird. But that's like a booking, like on paper, at least that feud makes sense. Yeah, Christian is a good shout. That that's, be, you're just like, oh, come on. You talk about uh, where I have some ranting to do about this. <laughs> but um, OK, we'll get to it. Uh, I think Cody would have been rough. That would have been a rough thing to play unless you just went unless he just went full on heel 
That would have been yeah. a really hard thing to pull. I mean, I think it still would have been good, obviously, but it would have been yeah. weird because 100% would have been turned on and him trying oh, to yeah. still be a baby face. And again, he can do it because he always peppers in some heel stuff. He can do that. But yeah, that would have been a little a little weird and a little rough. Yeah. Um, yeah. When he said like and this is obviously in character, Jericho you know, would have been weird. That would have been weird to do. Basically, any WWE guy. Yeah, right? pretty Where much. Yeah, pretty much any WWE guy would have been yeah. weird. Although it was well, funny when is... he said he's never wrestled John Moxley before. That was really funny. That was wild. That was so, hilarious. Like, I um, his I little subtle digs this. to WWE, which I want to talk about, were really brilliantly done. Here's so, let me take this as an opportunity to like segue into the aftermath of this segment because a couple things happened that I thought were super interesting. Because like, famously. The pipe bomb 10 years ago, well, it's 10 years ago. I know. Got a lot of mainstream attention. Got a lot of people, like, there are people you will find everywhere that will say, that got me back into wrestling. Yep. And I'm such a hipster, I can't even say that. It didn't even get me into wrestling. I didn't know who he was when that happened. But, right. you know, it, it made ripples outside of the wrestling industry in a way that, like, Vince McMahon only wishes he could, right? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and a couple things happened after this episode that I thought were really funny. So number one, my buddy Jake, who like comes and like watches wrestling a lot, but doesn't really follow it anymore. He got like super into it when I was getting into it. And then he kind of faded out and I kind of stuck on. But he was he was as fired up as I've seen him in seven years. He was like, dude, forget it. Like put dynamite on Monday nights have CM Punk fight in a title match the first night you're on Monday nights. Like, just go for it. Just kill WWE. No, I was like, man, where's this coming from? But please don't, please don't He was so fired up about it. And I was like, this this really does. This feels like a shot in a way that nothing else has before. Cause like, I like Malachi black, but like, this is, this is seismic. Yeah, dude. This is, this is unprecedented. It it is unprecedented. There's nothing. There's almost nothing you could really point to. Yeah. Like this, like there, there's a few others that are close. I think Ric Flair coming back to WCW in like 98 or whenever it was, was a, that was huge. Um, Hulk Hogan coming back to WWE in like 2003 or whenever it was 2002. Mm. That was huge. Um, you know, Brock coming back in 2012 yeah. was huge. Um, which we can talk about uh, speaking of foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, like there's been stuff like that. Jericho has had a couple different big returns. Um, yep. the first one was probably was, uh, was the biggest obviously. Um, but you know, so stuff like this has happened, but I can't think of anything that's like this, this level of, yeah. I guess as far as not even as far as just moment, because that's a different argument, but as far as like a wrestler coming back. What it means and what it means and what. Yeah. He, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you the other two things that happened. So that's my friend Jake, who's like wrestling fan, like not even really lapsed because like he and I will talk about it a lot. I take him like we go to shows together all the time. Just doesn't follow. Oh, speaking of that, as- Ric Flair is going to be at an NWA show coming up what yes i'm pretty sure no. i haven't looked into it yes. that's just one of my buddies said that on friday night Put and i was like the Wait, title what? on him again Hang do on. it because I, I need to look this up absolute legends I, and do it because I told, here's the thing man wwe wants john cena to break that record so bad yeah, and that means they they're gonna have to give him 
one more title reign and Charlotte Flair whenever they try to have her break the record one more title reign. Ric Flair can keep messing with these people forever. He can be the 25-time NWA like world heavyweight champion. <laughs> Okay, here it is. And He's coming back. Them to keep the NWA, it. the NWA seventy three uh, pay per view is coming up uh, next week. It's next week. Whoa! And uh, okay, cool. It's in St. Louis, yeah. and Ric Flair's going to be there. I don't Heck know yeah. what he's going to well, do, sweet. but he's told gonna, you, man. He's winning it. He's doing it. He's gonna. He's gonna be there, and apparently, he's gonna. <laughs> oh, it looks like it says he's going to be seated ringside during the title uh, match. Uh, Nick Aldis is wrestling Trevor, Trevor Murdoch again for the title. Why? Stop! I got nothing I mean, against Trevor, man. Like a dozen people I got in the nothing against Trevor point. Murdoch, but like, no, no. Ugh. They must. They can't have anybody left at this point. I mean, Ziggy Dice just signed a deal with TNA. Like it's yeah, they're bleeding them dry. I well, hang on. So, so let me sad. know. Let me. Anyway, so. <laughs> but anyway, I, so, I heard you know, that and I was like, shoot, man, that's big. That's big. Give him yeah. NWA champion Ric Flair. Have him break Nick Aldis' like three-year reign. Why not? Absolutely. Do it. Do, Do it. it. I'll... <laughs> he still anyway, looks jacked. So... You saw his gym pick from like last week? <laughs> the dude's still jacked. He's like 70 years old. Good for him, man. I'm happy for Should've him. He died like 40 times and he's still going. I know. It's great. It's awesome. Oh, man. So here's so, – so my buddy Jake, like still a wrestling fan, just more casual than I am. He's fired up. He's ready to go to war. He's like, when they, like they're coming to Atlanta, right? Like, tell me, because that's an instant buy. Yeah. Like, obviously, I, I, I've said this before, like jokingly, but like, or not jokingly, but flippantly, like if you put CM Punk on like an independent promotions like pay per view card on Bleacher Report, I would pay a hundred dollars for it because I've never <laughs> seen the man do anything before. Yeah. And now, like, if I get the chance to go see him live in the flesh, like I will pay whatever amount of money I need to pay to make that happen. So. He's fired up. I, I go into work Saturday because I'm a tax accountant and life is hard right now. But I go into work Saturday and I've got to see him punctured on, obviously. And this guy at work who's our age, who I've never talked to about this before in my life, came over to see if like I wanted to get in on the group lunch order. And he was like, oh, yeah, what happened last night? Did CM Punk like and I was like, yeah, dude, he's back. And my friend was like, oh, yeah, he was always like when I watched it as a kid, he was always one of my favorites. What is a what is a W? And I was like, AEW, dude, it's another company. And he's like, huh, that's really cool. And I was like, yeah, it is. I was <laughs> I dude, I was I was like, it's happening. It's happening again. He did it again. Yep. And then the third thing that I thought was just, like, I don't know if this guy's going to watch wrestling again, but just I, I didn't even know he had ever watched wrestling. Mm -hmm. But he noticed because that was a. I almost just cussed right there. That was a moment, dude. Yeah, it's fine. We, we, that we've, happened. We've done it occasionally. Yeah. But it got people's attention, man. And then and then this was my favorite one. My sister sent me the tweet from All Elite Wrestling with like 90,000 likes. And it was just Punk's return. Like the 50 seconds of the music and the pop and the people crying. And she just said, what is happening? <laughs> because yeah. even my sister, who has never... And I, you know, because only watch wrestling when I'm forcing her to watch it, saw that and was like, what is this? Like, why is that man? Why is that grown man weeping? Shout out to that guy. <laughs> My word, what a shot. I wasn't quite, I wasn't weeping. I know you wondered about that. I did not like physically cry. Okay, good. I, I have I a little bit a more lot, respect for you that. No, you we're going to save that. that for when Bailey debuts in AEW. <laughs> <laughs> 
no. So no, no, no. We're saving that for when David Arquette gets into the WWE Hall of Fame. That's I honestly, especially if I've had a little to drink, that honestly might get me because it would get me. Well, the man deserves it. Put him in the Hall of Fame, you cowards. Gosh, he says more for wrestling than half the people in the Hall of Fame, and you know it. That's true. At least That's any, true. He he's loves done it, more man. for he's done more for that than at least ninety percent of all the celebrity wing that you have in your Hall of Fame, and that's for damn. Oh sure. yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, and that was just and and I was like, I, you know, I I sent my sister this very long winded explanation, but in writing it all out, I just thought about it and I was like, man. So my short answer to her, who who doesn't care about wrestling at all, was like, imagine if Batman was a real person and and came out of retirement after seven years like that's kind of but and and look i'm kind of thinking in these terms because i watched batman begins for the first time in years last weekend honestly that that pissed me off when i heard that i was like really it's been years it's the best batman movie ever made why are you not watching it more i don't i it just had like so this is a a huge sidebar i forgot you did a batman podcast so yes i do we um the uncaped crusaders review check it out wherever yeah, you uh yeah. can find podcasts I, it's there i watched that in the dark night so often in high school mm-hmm. just a ton and it was one of those things where like at a like i don't know like they were on tv a lot and then like i would watch the dark night because that was huge that was right after that came out and after rises which i saw in theaters Ugh. and watched like two or three times since i just never really had access to it again and i didn't seek it out like it's one of those things that i just watched so many times and i loved so much that at a certain point you're like i can quote this entire movie and i'm humming the theme song in each scene while i do it like i know (laughs) all of it yeah so it just i I was at my friend's house and they had hbo max and i was like oh here we like they have every batman thing well see i have them all sitting right here on blu-ray also yeah so so i watch batman begins i'm actually in the middle of a screening of the dark knight tonight like I, I got a little bit of the way into it i'm gonna finish it tonight because it's sorry, like, sorry so good. harris apologize for interrupting your dark night viewing I, that's okay it hence, hence the response so i texted harris was like hey is now good and his response was sure and i was like oh great yeah. he's very enthusiastic well, so what happened was i was gonna watch it friday night i started it and then i looked and i was like this movie's two and a half hours long that means it would be ending at 9 59 yeah right before dynamite and my buddies are getting here at like 8 30 and i can't like you know you're gonna want to talk and like hang out and i can't i can't be like sit down and shut up the dark night's on (laughs) so it's already been interrupted (laughs) twice but i feel like it's you know it's it's going well all that to say good googly-goo okay this is why i'm thinking in these terms because like CM Punk is just a guy, but in true Batman fashion, in the past seven years, he became a symbol. Yeah. Like yeah. To, to wrestling fans, this is what I was explaining to my sister. Like to wrestling fans, like to wrestling fans like me, he is he is proof that wrestling can be art, that you can take some real life frustration and angst and bundle it up and package it as this fake story that resonates with people in real race. And that's not unique to him. That's what's made like every great wrestling angle great. But he was the person who showed me that. And he was the person that best embodied that. And he's the person who over the last seven years has become the symbol of all of our problems with the status quo in wrestling. He was the man who stepped up and said this thing where like wrestling is a cartoon for children and John Cena beats up the bad guys and calls them poopy heads every week. We can do better than that. And when fans chant his name, it shows it's because they're saying we know wrestling can be better than this. 
And that's what he became over the past seven years. He became this idea that pro wrestling can be more than Vince McMahon wants it to be. Yeah. And that's why him coming back is so insanely powerful and feels like this seismic shift in the wrestling industry Mm -hmm. because he is the idea. This is, you know, this is a high expectation to put on a man who's in his forties, but like he is the ideal of pro wrestling, like of pure pro wrestling as an art form. Yeah. And now he's back and it's, it's so cool. And I love like, well, and and not just that, but he also was, the symbol for all of the fans who were hating what was going on in wrestling for so long. Exactly. Like he and was that a- guy. He was the poster child of that. He was able to elevate himself to represent basically all of the fans that were sick of having to watch WWE as because it was the only thing out yep. there, which I was at the front of the line as a WCW <laughs> guy always. No. So... <laughs> It was perfect for me. I still don't understand why my dad didn't take to him. I I don't understand. I think my dad thinks he's a crybaby. But which <laughs> which look to be fair, there's an argument for some of the stuff that he's done. But I think he's I think it's missing the point completely. But um, well, so yeah, well, so so like thing. he he is the he became the guy because he was also the first person to do something. Like that's why he that quit. Point. Like he was gone and he was the first one to do that. And there was nowhere to yeah. go at the time. So he was no, done. He just left. He left. Well, and, and, then, and, why... then, and then you see then four years late or then you see more people again. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like in uh, back in WCW. Jericho was one of the first ones who mm-hmm. left to go to WWE. And then you saw, a, you know, the Eddie Guerrero's, the Dean Malenko's, the Chris Benoit's like all of them. Mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio, all of them then joining him, Mm -hmm. leaving. And we've seen that with Punk now. It just took a little longer, but Punk left. And then you fast forward, what? Let's see, 2014. You fast forward two two or three years. And then you have Cody. You have Cody leaving and then making himself a massive star in the Indies and and joining Young Bucks and all of them. Either, by the way. No, no, no. no. Cody Rhodes apologists, but he did that on his own. It was by, oh, it was completely by himself. And, um, and then he was kind of that next wave and then he was able to partner up, you know, with, you know, the Omegas and the, and the box and those, and then they were able to then make this whole thing happen. But I don't think any of this really happens without the wave that punk caused leaving in the first place. And that's what I was trying, like, this is what I've explained to my sister who does not watch pro wrestling and does not care. I'm like, listen, like pro wrestling and look, I, you know me. Like, I will watch WWE. Like, I will consume it. it. There are flaws in the product, but there is always something there that's worth watching. And watching that, like, that company is how I became a pro wrestling fan. But, like, pro, like, this is how I was trying to explain it. Like, pro wrestling in the late t- 2000s was everything that people think pro wrestling is. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. It, it was just it, it was stupid, like PG anchor arms, cartoonish, juvenile BS. Yeah. And we've like a lot of the topics we've covered on the show came yeah. from that era. Yeah. And he was the guy in in, in this storyline who was like, no, this is not like everything he says in that pipe bomb that went viral. That made ripples in the mainstream because it was real Mm -hmm. and because people who had stopped watching wrestling because it was the john cena poopy pants show said wait that's it 
that's what I like about pro wrestling. That's mm-hmm. what I want. People got back in like wrestling, like half the guys at Cultaholic who are like my favorite wrestling content producers. They got back into wrestling because of that promo. Like it had this seismic effect. And I remember being blown away by that and recognizing the vein that he had tapped into and then realizing when that art of wrestling interview came out later in 2014, which is again, I am, I'm the freshest wrestling fan at this time, but realizing that every single thing he said in that storyline came true. Every single thing he complained about was real to the point that he said, I do not love this anymore. I don't care if I just sit at home and collect paychecks. I'm done. Yeah. And he walked and he did that. You're right. He did that when there wasn't an alternative. He he could have gone to the Indies or gone to Japan or something, but he didn't even want to do that. He was just done Mm -hmm. and he didn't touch it. But like, this is what I was explaining to my sister. Like he was, you're either going to think this is a silly analogy or a really poignant one, depending on your background, if you're listening to this, but he would, he was like the, John the Baptist figure in the wilderness in 2011 when he cut that promo. Yeah. And he's the one who woke wrestling fans up and said, no, there's something better out there. And I think you can make a real argument that the Daniel Bryan run, that Cody Rhodes leaving, that the Indies getting bigger and better every year, that this evolution in pro wrestling that we've seen since I became a fan. I'm so lucky that like it, Imagine if I'd become a wrestling fan in 2009, like there would have been nothing for Mm -hmm. two years. I wouldn't have become a fan. I became a fan at this incredibly fertile time and to see the industry evolve. You can trace it back to that ripple to that one moment. Like it took time. It didn't happen overnight, but everything that's changed for the better in this industry, including in WWE, you can Mm -hmm. see the influence of in that pipe bomb promo a decade ago. And now that he's coming back and he's coming back in AEW, it feels like this fulfillment, yep. like this moment of this thing that he kickstarted in a storyline because it was rooted in real life and because he is that kind of artist that can tap into that vein and make his wrestling about more than just a big, silly, fake fight. It's this moment of completion, and that's what makes this moment feel so huge because like this thing he started – 10 years ago when he said, I do not like this company. I'm not happy here. And I don't hate you, John Cena. I hate this idea that you are the best. He brought that full circle, man. And here's the thing. This is what I was telling my friend Jake after it ended. And I know we just keep talking about this segment. Everybody, everybody who comes to the competition cuts a promo about WWE, right? Yep. Everybody comes over and says, yeah, you know, that old man can't hold me down or I'm going to grab this literal brass ring and this weirdly specific gimmick match we have or like whatever it is (laughs) cm punk cut that promo better than anybody's ever cut that promo because he's just so dang good because he understands like i don't have to name drop anybody right you know what i'm talking about i just have to tell you i was not going to get better until i got away from what was making me sick and you know what that means and he doesn't have to say because vince mcmahon is an out of touch old man because we all know because we complain about it every week (laughs) but there's so much power in how he said what he said and in what he didn't say and the fact that he immediately this is I could honestly probably write like a graduate thesis about this promo and maybe I will one day just for fun but like this is one of my favorite parts about it that he sat down and at the end of it he segues from real life back into kayfabe before he calls out Darby Allen Mm -hmm. and he says I came back 
because there's these all these all this amazing young talent with a love for pro wrestling that I used to have before it was stamped out of me. Yep. And there's a lot of grudges that are to be settled in this locker room. And that's the moment where the switch flips and he's a pro wrestling character again. And that's when he calls out Darby Allen. But you just like the way he was able to do that and the way he was able to walk that line and the story he tells about Ring of Honor and how he left pro wrestling in 2005. And now he's back because he doesn't count all those years he spent doing sports entertainment. It's just it was perfect, man. Every note of this was perfect. And there was just and and in seeing people from like every phase of wrestling fandom, like the casual fans to the completely non-existent fans separately reach out to me and say like hey what happened here because this feels like a big deal and to be able to explain to them why it is like that's that's what he does man and he does it in a way that like nobody's done in a generation and it's so cool and it's so fun to be a part of and he's so good and i can't wait to hear what he says to darby allen this week because it's gonna be great whatever it is yeah and uh all right, now I'm going to jump in here after the 45 minutes. Um, yep. And um, yeah, I, I thought in a couple couple things, I wanted to uh, go back to just the whole thing of him starting this whole wave. And the craziest part is, again, so he started this whole wave, you know, the, the change that we were talking about. And now because of that change, he now can come back into wrestling with yeah. something that he helped create. That has yeah. now been created to help him come back. Like the full yeah. circle of that is just insane of how that worked so perfectly. And it's so cool. It's just so nice to see that element. Um, so I want to say that. And then I want to talk uh, then about his promo. Um, I loved I mentioned it before, but I loved how he was able to mention things. Like you said, without mentioning things it's about especially about WWE but also never made it about WWE. He never. never made it. That's one thing that AEW does more often than not. They make it about WWE, and that's the thing that a lot of people have some issues with when it happens. And sometimes it's done well, and sometimes it's not. But he did not do that. Not just because he didn't name drop or whatever, but like he turned everything around back on AEW. He made it all about AEW. He did not make it about that and that's a very hard thing to do while still acknowledging it and he and like you said he's just that good and that good at his craft that he was able to do it all while still getting over the company that he is now in not having people look back at that like where he came from and i just thought that was so well done and he did a great job with that and uh and yeah, and then transition perfectly into the pro wrestling segment, and it, it, it was just done so well. It's, the as we said earlier, perfect opponent, perfect matchup in Chicago again, obviously. And another thing I think is cool, this will be the first time, I believe, unless, unless I'm wrong, that he ever has wrestled in the United Center, because... WWE has a contract with the Allstate Arena, not the United Center. So the WWE shows are never at the United Center. Um, now, his one of his fights was in the United Center because UFC g- goes there. So Do I you remember which one? I, it would have been the second was, one because his, his I, first one was in Cleveland because I 
for all the waxing poetic I just did, that interview he gave with Joe Rogan after his first fight is one of my favorite things ever. I have it saved on my phone, <laughs> and I watch it from time to time. Nice. And at the end, he says, I know that probably sounds cheesy coming from a guy that just got up, but F it. I had the time of my life. Thank you, Cleveland! And that's how yeah. he ends, so it must have been okay. the second so one. So then the second fight then. So I know he's at least in that, but as far as I know... I don't think he's ever wrestled in this building. And like, this is the Blackhawks building. Like, so. Oh, that really? That's yeah. Awesome. The Blackhawks play at the United Center. So I think this, I think this is the first time he ever did a wrestling thing in the United Center. And then I assume this is where all out's going to be. And, um, although I don't know for sure, but I assume it's going to be in the same arena, but, um, that and I, so that's just another element I thought was kind of cool. Just you know, knowing Punk with his Blackhawks background, that that yeah, that that's got to be a cool moment to actually get to do this there. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, super well done. And and, and again, another thing, he's <laughs> not wrestling for the title. <laughs> hint, hint. This is how you do returns. Remember Certain that, people kids, don't we're know come this. Back to it later. We can come back to this about three times in the past three weeks with a certain other company <laughs> who every time someone comes back, title match. Oh my gosh. Another thing that's done so that that was good about this. Okay. So anyway, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know I if we I don't know. We've been talking about this for almost an hour. I don't know if we can move on to yeah. something else, but uh Sure. So uh, let's so here's the thing. We joked about this before we started recording. An, another um, real quick thing as far as waves yeah. go, the the uh, YouTube clip from Ollie Wrestling of CM Punk coming out has f- over 4.7 million views already, and the one of his promo has 3.6 million views already. And again, this is less than 2 days. So, yeah. just saying, pretty pretty big He's, deal. Pretty he is, big deal. He's everything that he said he was, dude. I mean, it's it's amazing. So what we were joking about before we started recording. Um, so that happened, and it was one of the most incredible things in wrestling history, and we loved it, and we're really excited to see what happens next. Seismic shift in AEW and probably wrestling history. Uh, now we're just going to complain about everything else that happened on the on AEW and WWE for like the yeah. next hour. Yeah. Does that sound not, fair? not all of it. To... Not all of it, but okay. most of it. Do you want me since I don't know how much of it you watched? Do you want to run through SummerSlam quickly Why and then not? get to AEW? Just, just okay. go ahead and let's get this over with. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, so I had this up. I'm going to level with you. I've been, as discussed, I've been on a bit of a Batman kick. So I'm going to level with you. I watched like half of this pay per view on on mute on my laptop while I was watching Batman Returns on the TV. Because Ugh. a lot of this the worst stuff, Batman movie ever made. We could we could talk about that for another two hours. Have me as a guest on your Batman show sometime. Yeah. But <laughs> good lord. Because here's the thing: I didn't I didn't care about a lot of the stuff on this card. Like okay, the Baron Corbin stuff we've acknowledged on the air is good. Uh, he stole Biggie's <laughs> Money in the Bank briefcase, so they had okay. a match for that. Okay, but, wait a minute. I need to mention this because. One of my uh, okay. one of my buddies who I've recently become friends with out here, who's a huge wrestling fan, and I, I, yeah. I watch wrestling with these guys. He he listened to our last episode of the podcast, <laughs> and was like, and was talking oh, no. because Harris went on a run of how in kayfabe you can just find a contract <laughs> and just sign it, and then the next week Barry <laughs> Corbin just takes the money in the bank. <laughs> 
it's like Harris is right. He's cracked the code. So he he mentioned that last weekend to me that he listened to that. And he was like, oh, you got to you got to have Harris talk about that. And I was like, all right, bet. Here we go. So literally Harris called oh, it. He's cracked yeah. the code. All you need in WWE is just to take whatever you want. And there you go. It is there for well, what, the taking. What's great is he I, he didn't even try to cash it in. What's funny is that they run this gimmick with a guy who is so desperate that you get the impression he would rather just sell it for cash <laughs> than actually use it. But so that just makes it even funnier. And like I heard all these fun fantasy booking scenarios where like people would pay him money for the money in the bank briefcase and then get their own title shot, which, again, legally is just a colossal mess. But. <laughs> yeah, no, an in, in inspired decision, by the way. Baron Corbin, one of the good things in WWE right now. Never thought I would say that, but it's <laughs> so. It's true. It's the only so, thing I've watched in the past, like, six months at all has been some of that Baron Corbin stuff, and it's mm. been hilarious. Well, so, right. So, so he has a match with Big E, and I'm going to be honest with you. That's one of, like, three things on the card I was looking forward to because it's, like, it, it's for the briefcase again. Or whatever, like however right. that stipulation whatever. works. Even though I'm sure Big E is like, hey, come on, like I didn't like I won this. He didn't win it from me. It's still mine. But he he beat Baron Corbin and reclaimed his briefcase. And I don't really know much about it because it happened on the pre-show. Oh. So we could make way for things like, oh, I don't know, creepy Alexa Bliss and her doll Lily fighting Eva Marie. Yay! And it, look, as entertaining as I think those two can be in their own way, it's not in this way. No. And I didn't care about this. So I was watching Batman Returns instead. Um, let's see. Randy Orton and Matt Riddle won the uh, Raw tag titles, which is fine. Yay. Like, that's a fun, odd couple pairing. But, like, I'm not going to sit down and be like, oh, yeah, let's see how this odd couple pairing does against the odd couple pairing they made up two months ago with AJ Styles and Omos. Like, I don't. Just wasn't that invested. So it'll be fun for a while, but I'm not even convinced like whenever they inevitably break up that that feud's going to be great because WWE writes Matt Riddle like a toddler. So it's not like that's not going to be good, even though it should be. Um, What else happened? What else happened? What else happened? So I'm just going to jump around a little bit because there's one main thing I want to talk about. I don't care about Bobby Lashley as a champion or, or a person. I don't care about Goldberg as a wrestler coming back. You know who I really don't care about, Mark, is Goldberg's weirdly grown son. I don't I don't <laughs> care. I don't care at all. Yeah. I like good for him. I bet he had a good time, but here's the thing. Goldberg came back a few years ago and was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm doing this cuz I want, you know, my kid to see me wrestle." And like when he beat Brock Lesnar, you're like, "Oh, that's awesome. Good for him." Now you're just like, "Man, we don't like I don't your kid looks like he's too old to care about pro wrestling." Like I'm pretty sure he would rather be like on a date right now than watching you get fake beaten up by Bobby Lashley. (laughs) The angle was kind of funny. So they have, here's the thing from a booking perspective, they have Bobby Lashley just beat up Goldberg and win pretty definitively. And you're like, okay, well listen, like even if you know, like you, you're a Goldberg Mark, I get that. But like, surely you're like, okay, well that like, it makes sense because Goldberg is old. We got to like, let the champion retain and look good doing it. Whatever. That's all fine. And then he, he beats up Goldberg's son and now Goldberg is like, I'm going to kill you. And they're going to go have another match at Saudi Arabia. And I just, I just don't care. I don't care about any of this. Nope. I don't, I don't care about Bobby Lashley. Oh, here's the other thing they did that I don't care about. You have Nikki, almost the superhero cross, which is a 
questionable gimmick. I understand what they're going for. I, I think it's a nice idea. I have no problem with wrestling being four kids, but that's just that's a confused gimmick. I don't think it really works, even four kids. In a match with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, which Charlotte Flair wins because, I mean, yeah, of course she does on her, you know, like 13th title reign or something because they're trying to catch up with dear old dad as quickly as possible because they're all about short-term moments and not long-term storytelling. So whatever, that's fine. She lost the belt a month ago. She won it back. Whatever. I don't care. There's a lot of stuff on this card that's kind of fluff, in other words. Um, I don't have a ton to say about this. The main event was really good. The main event was uh, – I like that story a lot. I like that Roman Reigns is the guy now. I like that John Cena, his his whole thing coming into this feud was, look, I, I know you're like – you're on top of your game right now and I'm a little rusty. But like without coming out and saying it, his his whole thing was basically, look, I'm John Cena. I'm Big Match John. I'm going to kick out of whatever you throw at me and I only have to pin you for three seconds. Like I'm going to wear you down. Cause that's what I do. And he did a really good job of like selling like this kind of rusty old veteran trying to use his savvy to steal a match. I, th- I thought all of that was really good. Roman as a heel looks like a million bucks. And there's this great little character note with John Cena. He doesn't do this a lot, but on the biggest stages against the biggest Samoan men, he will tease stealing their finisher. And that's when he loses. That's happened to him twice. The first time he fought the rock when he lost, he did it because he tried to hit a rock bottom. Like he tried to steal the rock's move because he got cocky. Did the same thing here. He did the ooh He went for the spear. And that's when he ate a spear and he lost. That's a really nice character note that I really appreciate him fleshing out. That was a good match. The only other thing on this card that I was looking forward to. And if, I don't know. Do you want to chip in on any of that or we just you want to keep rolling? <laughs> nope. I just want to move okay. on. Cool. The only <laughs> other thing on this card that I was looking forward to was Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair because they had a phenomenal match at WrestleMania. And I talked all about this at length then, but like, I'm not a Bianca Belair mark, but I get it. And I get, I I think she's really good and I get why people really like her. And I think she's a great champ and like a great, like future face of the women's division. I think she's very, very good. Sasha Banks is Sasha Banks. She's one of the best, if not the best female wrestler in the world today on the mic in the ring they're both fired this is going to be awesome so then they announce oh hey uh actually sasha banks couldn't make it we're very sorry here's a new challenger and it's carmella and immediately everyone is like well this is terrible so surely they're going to do something else right like they're not just going to have a throwaway match and sure enough they send carmella out there as like the heel tease the heel heat getter for the Becky Lynch return after 16 months and maternity leave and the whole world fell apart while she was gone. And we've had some really crap women's feuds in the meantime. But now the man has come back around and she storms to the ring, throws Carmella out of the ring, turns back to Bianca and says, I'm coming back, rolls out of the ring, beats up Carmella some more, just utterly incapacitates her and then rolls back into the ring. And you're like, oh, shoot. They pulled a fast one on us. Instead of Bianca Belair versus Sasha, we're going to see her go to war with Becky Lynch. And like, yeah, I be- I'm, I'm watching this, Mark. And I'm thinking, OK, well, I bet Becky will win because they don't want to douse her momentum. But this is going to be like a classic match because they're both great. And it's going to make Bianca look like a million bucks. 
And then you can turn around and she can say, look, I wasn't ready for that. Obviously, give me another title shot. And there's your feud. And you have Becky back and you have Becky back as the man and you have her with the belt and you have this great baby face and Bianca Belair who's rightfully like chasing after the belt. It's money. It's money. And the match is over. And Becky hit her in two moves and pinned her in less than 30 seconds. And it was honestly kind of incredible. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed that that happened. But, Mark, I'm going to tell you right now. If that were Bailey, I would have been arrested. Like, I would have tried to go to Stanford. <laughs> and I wouldn't be having this conversation with you right now. That is the dumbest, most short-sighted, <sighs> selfish, stubborn, old man nonsense that I have ever seen. And maybe that was the plan for months. But this is this is what I texted you. You can vouch for this. I texted you and I was like, yo, are you watching this show? And my <laughs> response was, like, was you were like, what? <laughs> I was like, wait, it what? Was it's on. tomorrow night. No, <laughs> no, I didn't even know it was on. It was extremely on brand. But I texted Mark and I said, Vince either panicked and did something stupid or he did something stupid that was extremely premeditated. I will say either way, I, I disagree <laughs> on – I don't think that was the panic. Uh, we'll talk about what was the panic. Oh, OK. OK. Because uh, oh, no you, well, so, you completely skipped a whole part. I'll be honest with you. I genuinely forgot. But let me finish talking about – Which is hilarious. Like I love – that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> I meant to and then I was it's talking perfect. about the match and like the John Cena taunting stuff and yep. I just – I forgot. But so, so I don't know. Maybe it wasn't him panicking, but either way, asinine decision. Oh, it's terrible. I don't, I don't understand it because here's the thing, Mark. Here's the thing. After that, we had a gender Mahal versus Drew McIntyre singles match with nothing on the line. And Drew McIntyre brought a big old sword to the ring because one of the writers saw Braveheart once. He's been doing that for years. I, I know, I know, but at least before it was like on the way to a title or something, right, not in a right, one-on-one right. grudge match with Jinder Mahal. I mean, you talk about just my the word. modern day Maharaja, think, Harris, the modern day Maharaja. I, I know his nickname. That doesn't mean he's worthy of it. <laughs> but like you just, you talk about, man, like people were saying, oh, can they, can they follow up CM Punk's debut? And like, they're not going to have anything that good. But you have a real, genuine, great moment in the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. All you need is a is a ten minute match. Yeah, and you've created something really legendary. And instead, you have egg on your face again because you're stupid and short sighted. Or I don't think he actually hates black wrestlers. But like, the more <laughs> stuff like that happens, the more I'm like, listen, that, that would explain a lot. But but like, what? Why? Why? I don't. And here's the thing. And I get like the feud. I don't want to assume, but the feud is probably going to be Bianca being like, I I wasn't ready for that. You got to give me another title shot and she'll probably go win the belt back. It doesn't matter, man, because now everybody's mad at you. And this is not Becky Lynch's choice. I don't think If, if it is, that's a bigger conversation. But like compare the way CM Punk returned, where the first words out of his mouth we're putting over another wrestler who a lot of the more casual fans might not even know if they were just tuning in to see him and compare that to how Becky Lynch comes back and immediately squashes like one of the brightest stars on the women's roster and one of the favorites in a lot of the fan base, a really popular, really talented champion. 
And you just you couldn't have painted yourself in a worse light nope. to the rival company. And in retrospect, it makes the CM Punk return look even more huge and even more dynamic because you turn to the competition the next night and they're pulling crap like that. So, yep. um, and then, um, and then, and then, and then, um, the, at the uh, end of the, the title, Bork match, the came back, of, didn't he? Yeah. At the end of the, uh, end of the show. Right. And here he comes, the <laughs> big, big, big guys back, big old, big so, old Viking Brock is back. And, uh, I, I, I I'm sure I'm sure this probably has been planned for longer since Friday night, but I really, really want to believe <laughs> that Saturday morning Vince McMahon woke up, saw that, immediately grabbed the phone, called Brock Lesnar, and went, I will give you $10 billion if you show up to SummerSlam tonight. I just want to believe that that happened so bad that I'm going to. I'm going it to believe fun. that McMahon literally woke up the next morning and offered Brock like half the company a stake in like half like Brock's the owner of WWE now like I really want to believe that that happened because of that Punk's is... return because it's just too perfect in it and I, I think that's so funny it is that that's fair and that's uh, a good um I just yeah, want it so to be true I want it so much that yeah. I'm going to will that into existence that's fair and listen I so I laugh so that, hard the... Harris because I, I had it on like live, mm-hmm. and I was talking with my dad, um, and when I'm talking on the phone, I just put on something I don't care about that I can mute and have on the background, and uh, so that's WWE in a nutshell. And so I saw that I think I turned it on right when the Roman Cena match was going to start, and um, so I saw that. And then I saw Brock come back, and I just started laughing, like I just <laughs> started dying laughing because that's all I could think about. It was Harris. It's one of the funniest things I've seen in a long, long, long time. Like it was so perfect. I'm so happy. I'm so thankful for WWE for doing that because it, 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 it just it brought me so much joy. <laughs> I almost had as much joy seeing that as I did seeing Punk return. Like it was that much fun. It was that funny. But anyway, that's well. Anyway, I, no, it doesn't I, matter, it, dude. That's like. Uh, I'm excited for that storyline. Roman Reigns is money right now. However you feel about the rest of the product, and I just complained about it a lot. He is good. That's fine. Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman sold that like death itself. That man was about to melt into a puddle in the ring. Somebody pointed this out on Twitter. When Brock's music hits, Roman doesn't turn and look at the ramp. He looks straight at Paul Heyman. Oh, nice. And it's it's excellent. It's, It's a great touch. I'm very excited for Viking Brock. I have always wanted to see that in WWE. And we don't mean do the football playing Brock. When oh, we say Viking Brock, no. we don't mean football playing Brock. <laughs> I forgot. If, if anyone doesn't get that, that's fine. But for those of you that do get it, you're welcome. <sighs> I forgot that that happened. But yeah, no, I'm. I, maybe it'll be stupid. I don't know. I'm excited for that. Um, I'm glad Big E got his briefcase back. I'm excited for Baron Corbin. But like, man. I had the SummerSlam circled from Mania. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be great. And it really wasn't. There was a lot of filler on this show. There's a lot of nonsense on this show. The Becky Lynch decision is is genuinely baffling. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it, you know. Okay. But Let, let's transition and talk about baffling as far as AEW goes. Yeah, um, so catch me up on all this because I've seen some – of the last two weeks episodes of Dynamite, but I haven't had that much free time with work and I kind of had to hit the high points. So catch me up on w- what they've done to botch all out. 
in your <clears throat> okay, opinion. Okay, so prior to the episode of Dynamite two weeks ago, I thought AEW was probably at the best. It was running the best I've seen maybe ever. Like every week, it was just like, is this the next best episode of Dynamite? Like it was just week after week, fantastic episodes, great storylines going. You have the great stuff with Don Cal's Kenny Omega and the Elite. Um, you have all that stuff going on, which is fun with Hangman and then Hangman in the dark and the Dark Order kind of like breaking up a little bit. And we had, you know, we had the whole thing where then Hangman's beat up by the elite. The Dark Order doesn't help him. Like there's all that. That's great going on. You have Jericho doing his labors, trying to get back to MJF. That's been great. A couple things, you know, like MJF should have been the guest referee in the Wardlow. Like there's some of that stuff. But for the most part, that's going really well. Um, uh, the, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff going on. Um, uh, what, what was it? Oh yeah. You obviously have like Cody and, uh, Malachi black that, that mm-hmm. you know, that whole thing, what's going to happen with that. Cody was concussed. He was going to retire. Like what's happening that, um, uh, you know, so there's like a handful of these big time storylines that are going out and you're like, all out's going to be awesome. Like, look at all these things that are being built up like this is going to be great. And then two weeks ago, the episode of Dynamite happened and all of it's gone, Harris, all of it. The show starts with the elite wrestling, uh, the Seidel brothers and Dante Martin, who Dante Martin's really starting to make waves and he's really great in the ring. Um, great young talent, really fun to watch. Um, and like the match is fine, but afterwards the elites cutting a promo, like Don Callis comes out and they start cutting a promo and Christian cage shows up with Jurassic express. And you're like, why 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 is he here and then all of a sudden christian is the new number one contender and gonna challenge omega for the AEW championship at all out in like three weeks at the time or maybe four weeks whatever it was and not only that but he's also gonna challenge for the impact title that omega has on the two days later on Friday on the first episode of Rampage. And I don't think I've ever been more baffled <laughs> from an AEW booking decision ever. I'm like, you literally just made the most boring, uninteresting title match you could have possibly done. One, there's nothing. The, the, again, the pay-per-view is like three weeks. You do four pay-per-views a year. You have months to build storylines. Mm-hmm. There's nothing between Christian and Omega. Not one single. I don't even think they've had an interaction at all. And all of a sudden, you're just like, oh, yeah, he's the number one contender. They hadn't even wrapped up his feud with Matt Hardy yet. Christian was still in the feud with Matt Hardy and he wrestled Hardy, beat him. But then the week before he was wrestling the blade on dynamite, who's one of Hardy's people. How is that the end of the feud? You don't end a feud with someone by beating them. And then the next week wrestling one of their lackeys. That's not the way you end a feud. So there's nothing going on. They made that the match. And then on top of that, they're going to wrestle before that time 
for another title. And you're like, now look, I understand that booking a little bit more. I still think it's really, really stupid, but I understand it in the short term because you won a big match for your first episode of Rampage. So I I can see the thought process behind that specific part, Mm -hmm. but you've literally cheapened not just this match, but you've cheapened your own title by having him want to wrestle for another title first. Like, that's not the way Mm. you book things. It's so dumb. And then, now, to be fair, their match on Rampage was a great match. Because, Christian, I've been very underwhelmed with Christian in AEW. To me, it's been very boring. But that being said, he's still great in the ring. There's no arguments there. And I've always liked Christian. And so they put on a great match. And then Christian won. He pins Kenny Omega, wins the T- the TNA and Impact title three weeks before he's supposed to wrestle him again at the pay-per-view for the AEW title. I think this... Kenny Omega hasn't lost in like two years, Harris. <laughs> I think the last time he lost was like, to Ome- was like to Moxley or something. Like, he hasn't lost. And now he just, and and to be fair, like there was a little bit of interference and the finish was actually awesome. I'll give him that. I don't know if you saw it, but the finish was the elite came down to try and help him. They throw a chair in the ring. Christian Cage, you know, they have the ref distracted. Christian Cage Mm -hmm. is able to take the chair, sets it down, and then hits his kill switch on Omega on the chair, which of course Omega sells like a billion bucks. And it was, it looked awesome. Like I'll give him credit. The finish was great. But, and the match was great, but as far as booking decisions, what is this? What? what? You've been building, and I know Hangman isn't going to be there because I think he's having a kid, which is obviously that's, that's perfectly fair regardless, but (laughs) you shouldn't have had that storyline being built. And then you just slam the brakes before your biggest show of the year. Don't go with that. And again, I don't know if maybe because uh, like having a kid is not that doesn't sneak up on you like, you know, <laughs> that's going to happen a few months ahead of time. So maybe don't be building that up in these months ahead of time to just pull the rug out from underneath it and give it to the WWE veteran who's done nothing in the company yet. I'm I'm baffled, Harris. <laughs> I am baffled and I've never been more un. I've never cared less about a title match ever. I do not care. And I'm sure they'll put on a great wrestling match, but they've already done it. We saw it two weeks ago. And Christian won. So, and, and I don't, uh, maybe, the, and again, I'm, they're, you know, they're good enough. They can manufacture some storyline going on here. And obviously now that he's beat him, there's bad blood. Like, you know, there's something, but it's just like the most rushed, non-thought-through waste I'm I'm just I'm so frustrated with this whole thing almost as frustrated as I am with Jericho and MJF so now let's move on to this so again okay, another on, on. great okay, can I just kind of chip in like sure, as we go sure, segment sure. by segment sorry so I this was spoiled for me because I didn't get a chance to watch the first episode of Rampage live so I knew what happened and then I went back and watched it and I agree it was a good match it was funny it I was. was watching it with my friends this Friday night to like kind of catch up and about halfway through my other buddy Austin was like, I think Christian wins. 
yeah, you know, it's a new show. You want to get it off to a good start, mm-hmm. have a big match, big win. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's literally exactly what happened. Yeah, and I get it. Oh, another thing, it wasn't the main event, which was a big mistake. Because as much, and I understand they wanted to do the Britt Baker thing with the Pittsburgh thing. And 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 it was it was really good, and the crowd was really big for her. But I'm sorry, it's not as big as they've made it a thing. It's not. The crowd was way hotter for Christian beating Kenny Omega, like way hotter mm. than they were for Britt Baker's match. I don't care how they want to spin it or how they want to say it or what it's being said. It's not true. It's just not. It was not as big. And I understand, and that's a great thing to do. You know, it's it's really it's very helpful having huge hometown things. Like obviously, you've seen with Punk how massive that's been. Like. That is a big thing. So I get them wanting to lean into that. And and the crowd was super hot for like, you know, it, it was it was a great moment. But it was not as big as the first match. And it that mm. should have been the end of the show. Mm. Sorry, it just it just should have been. But that that's that's neither here nor there. That's more of a nitpick than than anything else. But um, mm. um yeah. OK, so just my, my last thought on this real quick is that like I'm a little biased because I knew that that was happening before and because it seemed like. I I was really excited for the Hangman Dark Order versus the Elite match that opened Dynamite a few weeks ago. And when they lost that, that was when I was kind of like, that's when I kind of lost my luster on this storyline. So when I read that Christian beat Kenny Omega for the Impact title, I was like, oh, so TNA was clearly like, hey, guys, this has been fun. But can we have an actual champion again? And they were Maybe, like, well, but. Again, I, Christian's I, I, an AEW wrestler too, so that's another oh. weird thing. It's just weird having yeah, people from another company just wrestling yeah. for. It's just a strain. It's strange, but that's neither it, here nor to, there. Yeah. Well, um, so to me, it just kind of screamed like, "Oh, okay, so we're going to go ahead and give TNA their belts back, give them a guy who's been a TNA champion before and who they know is good and who can probably split some dates and like." stay out of our main event for a while and go be in their main event. And he's a good hand and all this stuff in rewatching the match. That's when I realized, Oh, they're having Christian fight him for the title. So now like all that this is Mark is okay. Well, is step one, get the TNA title back onto impact almost full time. And two, now all that's left is for Kenny Omega to establish that he's still the guy in AEW because he's obviously not going to lose twice in a row. And as soon as I realized that, like I'm, I'm fine with that until. But like, Christian isn't an out, Impact wrestler. Well, we'll see. So they didn't put the title on an Impact guy. Like he's I'm just fully on AEW and on all their I, shows. I think it'll be easier for him to be there than it is Kenny Omega. But maybe, maybe. I mean, I think you nailed it when you said like they have four pay per views a year. And you're going to spend one on a match with no story that we know is a bust and just exists for Kenny Omega to prove like, oh, well, you might have beaten me, but you're not going to kick out of the one winged angel because no one will ever do that. Yeah. And then it'll be over. So, like, I'm not offended by it because it's so clearly like a piece of practical booking, but I'm not excited for it either. It's just I was very disappointed. How it's very frustrating. Omega look. Yeah. Um. That's fair. So now let's move on to the Jericho MJF feud, which has been, again, there's been a couple things that we've talked about on the show. We're like, eh, they should have done this, should have done this, a couple little things. But for the most part, that's been great. And that's been, it's produced some great matches and some great moments. And there's a lot of intensity there. And it's believable. Like it, you know, everyone's been banging on all cylinders with that. The only thing that's confusing to me 
I don't know if Jericho's a healer or babyface, Harris. I have no idea. He, he <laughs> he's treated like a babyface, crowd, all this stuff, and he constantly just cheats in every match. Constantly, he's just cheating. <laughs> he's ripping the mask off a of Hoovy. He's using his bat against MJF. Like he's just constantly cheating. And then on the first episode of Rampage, he's one of the commentators and is full bore Bobby the Brain Heen and Jerry Lawler healed. Like I did not understand that at all. One hundred percent. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, dude, are you guys? Retarded. Are you guys actually retarded? <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Who is he? I, I, I'm that's, so confused, Harris. I'm so, so confused. And I so, noticed that immediately. Because again, I have like, you're, you know, you're kind of more aware of the product if you watch with people who like either don't watch wrestling or haven't been following it. So I'm watching with my friends Jake and Austin who are like wrestling fans but don't follow AEW. And you're listening to this four-man booth, which is too much, and Chris Jericho's shrill voice prattling on about how great the heel is which, and which is great up. like i love heel jericho commentator like i think he's amazing at it right but, but this in is this what scenario i, said. I was literally like on? that's i literally i said out loud i was like he's been a good guy on television for like two months longer i don't that. know why he's doing that i yeah i, I don't, just i don't know it's, I don't know, man. I I don't get it. It's baffling. It's so baffling. Um, this is where, and I've said this before, AEW is great. They're amazing. And for all the little things and the things that I'll complain about, they're great. And they do great work. <laughs> An adult has to be present sometimes in these booking meetings. <laughs> Someone has to be in there that's unemotional and not a fan. And it's just going to be like, wait a minute. This is really stupid. I don't care how cool it looks. This is dumb. Not all the time, but because more times than not, AEW, what their decisions are, are, are great. Like more times than not for sure. But every now and then you just need someone in here. It's like, you know what? How about we don't do that? Cause that's dumb and doesn't make any sense. Just, just every now and then you need that. And this is a great example of it. And, um, Another example of it, I think, is this, how the, uh, the Chris Jericho feud, okay, so let's go back two weeks ago, so he wrestles Wardlow with MJF and ringside, that's the stipulation, which is dumb, should have been the ref, um, right, that's, cause that's definitely something MJF would do, and, uh, so he beats Wardlow, and then gets beat up, of course, afterwards, whatever, it doesn't matter, and then they announce, next week, on Dynamite, MJF versus Chris Jericho, and I'm like, what the hell? Now? Two weeks before all... What? This is your pay-per-view build-up. Help, Harris, please. I, I don't understand. Why Why would you do this match the next week on your weekly show two weeks before your big pay-per-view when you've been building this thing up for months? Yeah, Mark, I genuinely don't know, and I knew that this happened, but it wasn't until like 10 minutes ago in our conversation that I was like, wait, what are those two guys doing it all out? I don't know! Because I thought for sure that would be the pay-per-view build-off. Because here's the thing, I just like, I knew that it was happening, and I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I saw that it happened, I saw the Judas entrance, that was actually cool, and then like the stipulation made sense, like everything made sense, except when they did it. I don't, I'm baffled, dude. I genuinely, <laughs> unless it was just Chris Jericho was literally like, Oh, I'm busy that day. Like, I don't know why in the world. I mean, here's the like, I, I think the worst case scenario, because he took Rampage off this week. Yeah. In a, in a good bit of selling, even though the, the decision to do it on Dynamite was baffling. They sure. were like, yeah, he's 
he's taking some time off because he's very sad that this guy he's been trying to fight for the last four months beat him in a fight. Yeah, I'm getting to I was getting to that part. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. But then so I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But that was the first time that I was like, wait a minute. So now what are they going to do? And like the worst case scenario, I feel like he's, he comes back and he's like, get to it. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you finish. Okay. So then last week on dynamite, they wrestle and you're like, this is, this should not be happening now, but sure. I mean, these guys are great and whatever. And the match is fine. Like it's good match. Judas entrance was was cool. Yeah. 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 The whole thing where he couldn't, yeah, that's the stipulation. Yeah. He can't use the Judas, the Judas effect and no Judas music or anything. So obviously that was set up, you know, that's a softball tossed up. And of course the crowd goes for it and it was awesome. It was a great moment. Crowd just singing it the whole time. It was really cool. Um, but so the match happens and it's a good match, but at one point again, you have Jericho cheating, hitting him with the bat. And I'm like, this is not the, okay whatever i guess mm-hmm. they're both heels and and eventually then mjf makes him tap out like clean with his finishing move now i will say there's a couple of problems i don't really have a problem with mjf winning and i really don't have a problem with him even winning clean but uh one thing i realized the the crowd was not super into this match i don't again i don't hmm. care what anyone says they were, they were probably not, confused as you were. They were not super into it. Um, not as much as I th- I thought they would be or should be. Um, MJF is an, a type of old school heel where he doesn't really have signature moves, if that makes sense. He has that pile driver <laughs> that he does um, like mm-hmm. on the with the ropes. And then he has that that finishing move, that arm bar variation, that salt of the earth thing. Yeah. But he doesn't really have moves because he's an old school heel and his moves are to cheat. Like like Ric Flair had a few, you know, he had a few signature things that he did. And you would mm-hmm. say the figure four leg lock. He almost never won matches with the figure four leg lock. He won yeah. matches hitting yeah. a low blow and then pinning him from behind. Like that. that's the way he wrestled. And that's the way MJF does. And it's great. The one problem I realized, there's no reaction when he like gets his finishing move mm. on someone. Because mm-hmm. it's not really been established. Yeah. If the, and I don't maybe I'm wrong maybe that's not the case but that's what I feel because in this match it was you know in the finish he like has him in the move and the crowd's just kind of there mm-hmm. and I'm like I think that's why it's just not built up because mm. he doesn't usually win with his finish because he's a cheater and he he cheats to win um so that was a little weird but him tapping so in theory the feud's over mm-hmm. there's it, basically it only one thing that can happen now. And mm-hmm. it's another thing that I hate AEW for because they mm-hmm. do it too much. Jericho's going to come out crying and say if he can't beat MJF at all out, he's going to retire. 100%. That is what I think is going to happen. And they're going to wrestle again. And it's going to be <laughs> career on the line. And I want to shoot myself in the head because I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Any match where if I lose, I'm never going to wrestle for the title again. I want to shoot myself in the face and anytime, oh, my career's on a line. At this point, I don't want to hear that anymore. You're not Shawn Michaels. You're not Ric Flair. You're you're not there yet. Like, no, you're you're not going anywhere. I really don't think. Now, if it is the case and like he retires or whatever, 
all right, I guess. Like, it doesn't really seem like your career's at that point yet, but, mm-hmm. and I don't see why you'd want that to happen on two weeks notice, you know, with a mm-hmm. thing. Yep. And so then if, it, so if he's not going to lose, now this is just stupid. It's just stupid and it's lazy <laughs> and it's pathetic. And I'm so angry. And again, maybe that's not the case. Maybe nothing will happen. I don't know. But all I, that's the only way I can see another match happening. And it's if that happens, it's just the worst. That's just the worst. So my point is, about 80% of AEW right now, I have no idea what the hell's going on with any of their storytelling. None of it makes any sense. QT Marshall's wrestling Paul White. Yes! Woohoo! Yes! Hang on. The crowd had no reaction whatsoever. And you're just like, oh my gosh, you just took the two most boring wrestlers of all time and put them in a match together. Mark, hang on. Let's let's circle back. Okay, I don't have a lot to say about that, but honestly, that's the most baffling decision. It's that I kind of love it. Like that's, that's incredible. I read that that was happening and I was genuinely excited because I was like, yeah, why not? Like that's, I, you're right. Those are the two most boring people on the roster. And that's, it's so stupid that it's inspired and I'm genuinely kind of excited to see it. But yeah, yeah, I'm glad I let you finish because you literally, you were one step ahead of me. I was going to say. The only thing that can happen now is Chris Jericho comes back and he's like, no, actually, I want one more match at All Out. I didn't even think about the retirement angle until you said it. But, yeah, that's absolutely like – I mean the alternative is they do that or like they just don't fight at All Out. Like what is right. the card for All Out right now? I it's don't Punk even and know. Darby Allen. Let's see. Punk it's and Darby Christian Allen, and Omega. Christian Omega, QT Marshall and yeah. Big Show. And yep. I don't I couldn't even tell you another official right. so match that's on the card. Baffling. Britt Baker's probably fighting somebody. They're doing a tag team tournament right now because the Young Bucks right. wrestled Jurassic Express for the titles last week. And Yeah, lost. that was stupid. I saw that. And I saw then, that match. And then I saw they were like, Oh yeah, they're in a tag team title and tournament. And then they're immediately like, in why? the tournament again. I'm like, they just lost. Like again it and again that match was great and it you know i mean obviously mm-hmm. young bucks won but like you know it made jurassic express look great and you know yeah. so it was fine but it's like do that at the pay-per-view man like that's big en- that's a big enough match like i yeah. i i don't i, I don't agree. know i i'm i'm honestly confused um i don't know if they just don't give a crap because of the punk thing like like wrestlemania 27 <laughs> with the rock like yeah. i i'm serious like i don't know if that's just yeah. the case maybe um yeah. I, I I don't know, but for a show that seemed to be heading in a million awesome directions, they all were just derailed mm-hmm. literally in one week of TV. And I don't know what's going on, <laughs> Harris. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, so that, that was makes my, a lot of sense. That's my AEW rant. Um, mm. Now, now I will talk about something that was very, very positive from this past episode of Dynamite. Um, Harris, okay. did you by chance watch this episode of Dynamite at all? I, I skimmed it because okay. it was again, it was in that Friday night, like with my friends before Rampage. So okay. I watched like the opening match and a few. Okay, other perfect. Things, that's all. That's all. Quick. That's what I wanted to talk about. All right. So this opening match, Darby Allen and Sting versus 2.0, which I had never heard of before, and then I found out they were on NXT and not used, and, and they were indie darling type wrestlers, which I assumed that was the case. 
But these guys yeah. came out of nowhere and have been pushed to the moon. Like they're all they're in the first match wrestling Moxley and Kingston, and like now they're mm-hmm. wrestling Darby and Singh. Like so, I'm like, man, who are these guys? And so far, when I've watched them, like they're good. So you know, we'll see. But so you have these guys, and they're wrestling Darby and Sting for the first time. Sting's wrestling, you know, on Dynamite. Um, mm-hmm. on TNT for the first time since the last yeah. match on Nitro. Like, I'm like, oh, man, like, I'm pumped. And it's even better because it's a tornado. It's a Texas tornado match, which mm-hmm. basically is just a no tag, no DQ, no count out tag team match, um, yeah. which is perfect. And I think AEW should just go to that permanently because every one of their tag team matches end up just being <laughs> tornado tag matches. So yeah. why not just do that all the time? So I think that's a great idea. And that match was a lot of fun to watch. They're wrestling on the outside. You know, Darby's jumping off railings and it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's great. It's have, have a lot of fun. But Harris, arguably top five favorite moments in history of AEW happened in this match for me. <laughs> Sting gets powerbombed from 2.0 through a table in the middle of the ring. And we're all sitting there like, oh, no, you're going to kill him. No, please don't. Please don't. Because we remember hmm. what happened last time we took a power bomb. Please don't send him through the table. He's 62 years old and almost died yeah. last time. So you're all on your edge of your seat, like cringing, like kind of for real. And the MFR pops right back up, stares him down, pounds his chest. They run away in fear. And I'm just like, let's freaking go <laughs> stings back because if anyone sings sting match this is sting this is sting in a nutshell like that was the go-to he's wrestling flair flair back body drops him he pops right back up there a sting pops right back up flares all talking looks around and you just see oh no right down on the ground begging for his life <laughs> as sting pounds his chest at him oh oh it was awesome Grabs the one guy, Scorpion Death drops him, and then Darby Allen hits his coffin drop on the other guy. Sting grabs both of them, puts them in a double Scorpion Death drop, and make or a double Scorpion Death lock, and makes them both tap. Oh, <laughs> I was so and look, Harris, and the wrestling fan of me is like, okay, that's kind of dumb. You had a 62 year old no sell your up and coming <laughs> tag team you've been pushing to the moon and make him look like chumps. But mm-hmm. the wrestling fan, the Sting wrestling fan of me was like, I don't care. That was awesome. <laughs> oh, it was great. They made Sting look like a million bucks, right? Just like that. And like I said, I have loved what Sting has been doing with Darby Allen because he's just, he's made it all about Darby. He's been very, he's not out there talking, which works for the Sting character too, because he can play mm-hmm. the silent just person mm-hmm. there because he just has that presence. And he's just been doing that. But then he gets to do a couple things like this where you're like, no, no, no. He's still Sting. Like, it's, oh, they've, it's so, it's one thing I've just loved about AEW with the way they've handled characters like this. They've just done, it's not that hard. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not hard. These guys are good enough for a reason. And just let them Mm -hmm. do it. And, oh just makes me hate wwe even more but it's just it's so it's been so good and it was such an awesome moment man i don't even care i was freaking pumped and so between that and then the punk coming back even though AEW has just crapped the bed with all their other feuds which really kind of pissed me off those two things i'm 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 good i'm all right that was all right that was awesome i just wanted to mention that because that was such a great moment i was so yeah that's cool and i'm i 
I wasn't as excited for that, obviously, but I was like, oh, I bet Mark loved that. Like, I it did. was awesome. I mean, <laughs> it, it was not thought. quite Goldberg squashing Brock level like mm-hmm. that. That's and that might be top three of my all time favorite wrestling moments because it was similar mm-hmm. to you, Harris. That's the first time. Yeah. Again, I'm sure I saw Goldberg wrestle on TV while it was going on when I was like five. But yeah. all my stuff mostly was a few years after that when I was like 10 yeah. rewatching old tapes. It's mostly of me watching Goldberg and I didn't watch his WWE, his first WWE run. That was before I started watching wrestling like live. So that was the first time I really got to see Goldberg wrestle like that. And then that happened and it was just awesome. So, um, yeah, yeah. But so this wasn't like to that level, obviously, or, or even like when Sting came out. Um, and it's also a little different because Sting had been wrestling in TNA. So I'd seen him wrestle plenty of times. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. But, but man, it was just, it was a great moment. I, I was, I was, uh, it was great. Yeah. I haven't seen Sting. I haven't seen Sting do that. No cell spot in a long time. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. That's funny. Well, I'm not going to lie. I am still, I, I'm obviously still going to watch all out. If it was oh, just yeah, pumped, for sure. Yeah. 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 Definitely. All out. I, I don't really disagree with any of your other complaints other than like having already resigned myself to the Christian thing a few weeks ago. I'm genuinely curious to see what else they flesh out the show with, because you're right. As you say that, I'm like, man, I feel like you guys had some like really good things going and you already Mm -hmm. you already used all of them. So that's a weird decision. But yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see another real quick thing. Uh, Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara had an awesome match um, also on Dynamite. So that was although they literally hit like 90 finishers that they all kicked out of so that. It still just rubs heard, me the wrong way, but but it I was a great match. This, I didn't see this match, but I heard I'll, I'll have to go back and watch it then because I heard people joking about it and they were like, "How is Sean Spears kicking out of it?" Sean Spears, let's just say this: Sammy Guevara hit a diamond cutter off the top rope for a two count. I was so mad. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Just stop! I don't care if it looks cool and you can do it. Stop. Like that's you're ridiculous. ruining moves, and uh, that's like that's my number one. I have two flaws mainly with AEW. One, <laughs> they, there needs to be an adult present sometimes in the booking meetings, and two, they mm-hmm. really don't give a crap about fi- about moves at all. Like, and it just, ah, uh, just it well, just bugs me. I mean, but they've all you that's know been me. consistent. They've yeah. always been like yeah. that, but yeah. Still well, just a little annoying. But you know me, Mark. My takeaway. I know your stupid thing. He's not as good at hitting it. Cutter. He just can't hit one. He sucks I know, at it. I know. You kind of have to do yeah. that with Sting too, because his finishing move was a reverse DDT, and I mean everyone does that, so it's kind of tough to <laughs> get away with. But I don't care. I'm still. I'm still. Still mm. all for it. But anyway, but it, it was a fun this this week of Dynamite was a far better episode than the one two weeks ago. But it's still okay. it's still no, just have... ruined so many things. And it's just yeah. it's just weird. I just don't know what they're doing, but it's fine. And there's still, you know, there's punk and there's thing mm-hmm. and Darby Allen. And so so we're good. I, I know this episode has gone like three hours and I want to go finish the Dark Knight. But I have one more lingering question that I just realized I have as you've been talking is the inner circle just done then? Did they ever know. officially disband? No, no didn't they didn't. They, no, no, because they, didn't. they they won the match where it was like, oh, if they lose, they have to disband. So you're like, oh, okay, there's still a thing. But then they all just went their separate ways anyway. Yeah, I don't like. When was the last time all of them were together? It's been a few weeks at least. <laughs> yep. I'm not. Yeah, That's I'm what not I exactly thought. Sure. Just curious. Just curious. That's what I thought. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing, but uh, okay. 
Oh man. So I think that pretty much catches up for, uh, catches us up with everything. I think so. I'm trying to think if we missed anything and I don't, I keep, we, I'm sure we did, but I can't think of it. Yeah. I can't think of anything. No, no David Arquette news that I know of. So that's not yet. He did like, he did like, um, my tweet when I reposted Hooray. our, uh, thing of David Arquette being all elite, I think, or was it that one or was it? No, it wasn't that one. It was something else. I don't remember what it was, but, um, okay. It, it, it doesn't matter. Put David Arquette in the Hall of Fame, you stupid cowards over at WWE. Why not? Why not? Uh, so how long before Triple H comes to AEW? <laughs> well, he's probably going to get released pretty soon. They're releasing everybody in NXT. So, uh, I was thinking about that the other day. Uh, I think I think when I was talking to my dad last night, I think he said that he like asked. He was like, uh, "When do you think? So when do you think Triple H is going to come?" Or I was like, "Or no," he said. So he said, what do you think Triple H is thinking when he sees that? And I was like, he's probably thinking if he can join AEW too. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Man. Oh, boy. I don't know, Harris. WWE's still... dead. That's the point. WWE's dead. They're gone. I- I'm man. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Roman. I'm sorry. Whatever. Like, it, you're, you're, y'all are dead. Y'all, y'all are gone. Just go away. Just quit. Dude, we we wax all poetic about AEW. Daniel Bryan hasn't even showed up yet. Not yet. Well, you can't do it this soon. For, oh no, absolutely not. You gotta but, wait a you while know. for that. Yeah, yeah. No, let, totally. let him go over to New Japan, wrestle in the G One or something. Ooh, that'd be awesome. I don't know if his neck can handle that, but give him a couple matches. Yeah, not Ooh, not yeah. all the G One. Yeah, that's strong style, him. man. All those Japanese guys, <laughs> their freaking necks are enormous, and then they just constantly land on them. And you're like, oh my goodness. I heard, I heard, we are way off the beaten path now, but I heard on um, some other wrestling interview, they talked about it, and like their training is what allows them to do that. They said, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I've heard that too. Like, like in old school, like American pro wrestling, or I'm sure any pro wrestling academy you go to now, like, your basic building block is just body squats. So you do squats all the time, you know, yeah. like you got to do 300 squats before you can start practice that day or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in Japan it's neck bridges yeah. and that's what they do like all day, every day. So that's why all of their necks are like a foot thick yeah. and they just drop on them all the time with no repercussions. But yeah, Daniel Bryan, don't, don't do that too many times. Just be careful, but yeah, please, <laughs> please be careful. That's all we ask. Just, just be careful. Mm. Oh man. That anyway, was, yeah, that was a lot, but man, all the, just one of those things, just thinking about all the matchups that punk can have just like makes you like drool. Mm. You're just like, Oh my oh, gosh, yeah. punk versus Kenny Omega. Oh my gosh. Punk versus mm. Cody again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> punk, punk versus freaking uh jungle boy. Like you're just like yeah. uh, punk versus John Moxley. Cause he's never wrestled John Moxley, which I still find. I just thought that was hilarious. That, that was a great <laughs> little dig. That was mm-hmm. so funny. Um, especially cause literally punk's, basically the reason moxley was called up in the first place um <laughs> but uh oh man it's it's gonna be great it's gonna well and, and, you know we'll see we'll see how punk looks in the ring because you never know because there that's a real thing you know yeah ring shape is completely different and he was gone at least as long as like the rock was so yeah well you know we'll see We'll see what happens, but again, Darby is a pretty safe bet. Like, regardless of how he's maybe at at this particular moment, I mean, Darby's going to make him look like a million bucks, and he's not going to have to do a whole lot against mm-hmm. someone like Darby Allen. So, and it's not like Punk's wrestling style was all that 
taxing. So I feel like it'd be pretty simple to go back into that type of style of wrestling. So, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Plus, like, I don't know. He's got some wiggle room with the crowd. Like, we're going to we're going to yeah, give yeah, him a yeah. little time. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. I'm just I'm just really interested to see how that how that plays out. And I will probably be the only mm-hmm. person cheering for Darby Allen in this match. But um, yeah, yeah, probably. That's the interesting. It's just interesting, man. When you bring the, you know, this 40, the 40 something year olds back, especially when there's someone who's been gone for this long, you put them against the young up and coming mm-hmm. star and you immediately have them beat them. And again, Darby is one of those guys where he has a unique ability and it's mostly based because of his size where he can lose and not really diminish himself. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. even yeah, in a sen- even in a scenario like this, where like, again, if you're looking out on paper, you're like, Oh, the old guy coming back, hasn't wrestled. And here's the young mm-hmm. guy who's been in it for years and is at his prime mm-hmm. in on paper that can look bad, but Darby is basically kind of built for that, which is maybe yeah. good and bad. I don't know. You can take it for whatever, but like well, I said, it's the perfect, the it's a perfect opponent because he can come in after all this and beat him and it's not going to yeah. hurt Darby a- at all. Well, and, and the rub you get from being CM Punk's first mm-hmm. match back mm-hmm. is worth mm-hmm. 10 times the oh, amount of wins you could get. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But uh, like, okay, this is the, this is the last thing I'm going to say for this week. Um, our young sucks segment where we talk about how much the young bucks suck give them credit for this they made their new twitter bio and it says something i kind of unironically thought which is thank god we started all elite wrestling and are therefore responsible for cm punk coming back to professional wrestling (laughs) that was funny they're very good deals that's that's very good Mm, i disagree with that but um that was a good (laughs) that was good i'll give them that all right well uh, that'll do it for the show. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla and Instagram at behind underscore gorilla. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. Let's go ahead and do that. And, uh, yeah. So I guess I usually say, Harris, do you have any final thoughts? But you pretty much gave your final thought. I feel like yep. right there, unless you have yep. something else I, to say, ma'am, we had enough thoughts. Somebody at <laughs> SummerSlam made a, um, made a ding dong get well soon sign for Bailey. And that person, I, I love you. That was great. <laughs> That was a really nice touch. There was a dude in the front row with a Georgia mask on, like the Georgia G. I saw that. that. I is, did see that. But I see that. you, buddy. Respect. Go dogs. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. All right. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Have a good week, guys. We'll uh, talk to you next time. Bye.